Hey, it's me, Egbert. E-G-G-B-U-R-T. Check out my website at egbert.com. Now it's back to those two dudes who told me they would bring in big ratings. They better are their history. Here are Brad and John. I don't know if it's good or bad to have a boss like that. What do you think, John? Well, here's what I told him. I said I would put Arbitron slash Nielsen slash CompuServe slash whatever. Just throw it on my on my um, debit card. You know what I mean? And then we could just, you know, have people FUD some old school um, paper numbers and, you know, then we got then we got our ratings. Right, Brad? You know, it's funny you should mention debit card. Uh, do you know who Frank Abagnale is? Hmm, I don't. He's the guy. The what is the catch me if you can? He's the guy that they did the movie uh, about. You okay. know the the infamous forger slash con man. You know. You know <laughs> yeah. He, um, he's become a finance expert, and a matter of fact, he's been hired by a lot of different companies. You see him on on TV from time to time. He used to be a guest on Tonight Show all the time way back when with Johnny Carson. Okay, I don't know how in the world I saw this video, but over the weekend. I watched a video with Frank Abagnale, and you know what he said? The worst thing, the biggest financial mistake that everybody makes right now, the hugest mistake, and you just mentioned it. What, putting stuff on a debit card? He said having a debit card. And why is that? Well, and it's I've heard this before, too, and it's sort of an interesting angle. If you have a credit card and someone, you know, uh, illegally gets your number or, you know, falsifies your account and starts running up your bill on that, that's on the credit card company. If you, if someone gets your debit card number and starts charging all sorts of stuff, you're sort of screwed because Interesting. nine times out of 10, the bank's going to say, hey, you know what? That's the problem with the debit card. You're responsible for that. Now, ultimately, you can probably get your money back, but it's a long, drawn-out process worth a credit card. You just dispute the charge. You just say, I, I didn't charge it. interesting. And interesting. We did not mention last week, by the way, the Capital One purchase Discover, Brad. Right. That's interesting as well, too. Now there's, was it was it Josh Hawley who's against that? I think Josh Hawley came out against that. Josh Hawley is against everything, isn't he? You know what? Josh Hawley <laughs> is mentioned in the number one story today as we, as uh, we roll into the top three, Brad. Well, what we do is... And John, nice segue there, John. John has this website he's done for 22 plus years, johncombest.com, J O H N C O M B E S T.com. Every single day, he never misses a day. Holidays, doesn't matter to him. He puts together a list of all these stories. It's on his website. But what we do is we start the show off with this interesting guy. What's your name again? I'm Casey Kasem. And he counts down the top three for John. John, are you ready? I'm ready. And here they are in third place. Lincoln Huff, candidate for lieutenant governor, was on Scott Fawn's show this weekend, this week in Missouri politics, talking a little, about, a little bit about his campaign for lieutenant governor and his rationale for running. Brad, the big takeaway here is that what is shaping up and what is filled out so far is that the governor, Mike Parson, has his slate of candidates for statewide office in 2024. They include now Lincoln Huff for lieutenant governor. And we'll see that essentially that slate running against what might be you might consider an opposition slate for some Freedom Caucus members. They have a couple other spots they probably need to fill in, at least one other spot they need to fill in. But Lincoln Huff was on Scott's show talking a little bit about the success of the Missouri economy, all the good things that have happened in Missouri under under this Republican administration. And so messaging wise, I would expect to see. You'll have a Governor Parsons slate talking about how stuff nationwide might suck 
the Biden economy and uh, Bidenomics might suck. But things in Missouri are going pretty well. And then in opposition to that, you'll have a slate that will probably say, hey, everything nationally sucks. Bidenomics sucks. And stuff in Missouri sucks, too. So maybe everything sucks. Or it could be even better in Missouri if we just, you know, cut taxes more, had more liberty, had more freedom, didn't weren't spending as much money as we are. So so those, I think, will be the general messages pro- provided to voters in these Republican primaries only five months away. Well, you mentioned that the governor has his slate. Isn't Mike Kehoe as far as uh, the governor on yeah. his slate? And, and to be clear, so this isn't, you know, an official slate. It's not stamped with anything. But you think about the governor is, is supporting Mike Kehoe. The governor now, for so for lieutenant governor, it will be Lincoln Huff. For secretary of state, it will be Caleb Rowden. Governor Parsons' appointee to be state treasurer, Vivek Malik, and then also Governor Parsons' appointee as attorney general, which is Andrew Bailey. I'm telling you, no matter where I drive on the interstates, I see the Mike Kehoe billboards everywhere, everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. And, you know, yesterday I had on KMOX because I was listening to the Cardinal game. I'm an old school guy. I have my grandma and grandpa's old radio, Brad. It would warm your heart. I listened to uh, Cardinal games on it. And Missouri Farmers Care ran an ad featuring Mike Kehoe. Now, at the beginning of the ad, I thought it was a Mike Kehoe for governor ad, but it was just Mike Kehoe talking a little bit about the importance of Missouri agriculture to the state economy, Missouri producers. You're right, he's all over, and this underscores my fact, Brad, or my my point, Brad, that most people think Jay Ashcroft just because a name ID is the front runner, but I've always assumed that Mike Kehoe is, is in fact the incumbent in this race. But I saw a survey recently or some kind of a poll that showed like like uh, Ashcroft kicking his butt. Yeah, there, I mean, so so Ashcroft did put out a poll a couple weeks ago that was riddled with errors, by the way, um, like just really simple typographical stuff that the consultants should know better than to do. But that's insider baseball stuff. And I mean, Ashcroft certainly continues to have a higher name ID than Mike Kehoe, than Bill Eigel. Absolutely. That is true. But you know what? It, what's sort of interesting to me is that, that when it comes down to like these primaries, it's sort of like, you know, when you especially when you got three guys, and let's be honest, all three guys are fairly, at least on this side of the street with the street, uh, this side of the state with Bill Eigel. I don't know about in Kansas, but or the Kansas City side, but all three people know who they are for the most part. Okay, and you know, things can weird things can happen in primaries. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, if I'm Bill Eigel, I make the argument that well, Brad. There's a whole lot of people that don't know me, and once they hear, once I start spending a lot of money, and once they start, and once my name ID starts getting up, then my poll numbers will get up. So that's a rationale for both Kehoe and and for Eigel. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Okay, moving right along. Up a notch to number two. Former state senator Bob Onder was on Mark Reardon's show on 97.1 FM. The Reardon Roundtable was out at a fish fry. I think out, I think they were out in Cottleville, if I recall correctly. Yes. Out on Friday, Jane Duker was there. Some other members of the, of the Reardon Roundtable were there. Bob Onder talked about his campaign for Congress. And most importantly, Brad, he said that he is the conservative candidate running in this third congressional district primary. And then he clarified and said he was, you know, he has the strongest conservative record of anybody running in the third congressional district. I wonder if anybody that we're going to talk to soon would dispute that. Hmm. Hmm. We'll have to find that out. Maybe, maybe within a few moments. Okay. And now moving along to the number one, the number one. Stop me if you heard this before, Brad, 
But there's a meme going around that says that pro-choice people and some generally pro-life Republicans are really upset about Missouri's abortion laws. And they are going to take this fight to the ballot and they're going to stick it to Republican candidates. Does this sound familiar, Brad? Yeah, it's all too much. Now, let's think back. Let's go to johncombest.com today. And let's look back at some headlines that I pulled from 2019. In 2019, the most popular meme among the media and Democrats and pro-choice folks was that Missouri's pro-life laws were way too over the top. Ooh, and the pro-choice people are angry and they're organized and they're going to stick it to those Republicans. And their hero, Nicole Galloway, would be swept into the governor's mansion. Now, as it turns out, Nicole Galloway lost by 16 points. She got a very thorough spanking by Governor Mike Parson. But this time it's different, Brad. This time they're really mad and they're going to take it out on Josh Hawley. So the Kansas City Star's lead story today is about how the abortion issue is going to bite Josh Hawley um, how he, and how he's in real trouble for his reelection campaign. Thankfully, to the credit of the reporter, Daniel DeRochers, he reached out to former Missouri Republican Party Executive Director Gene Evans – who's here in, Saint, in the St. Louis area. And Jean did something quite helpful. She explained the way that math works. And she explained the fact that Republicans have an advantage in these elections. So it's, it, it is a pretty good overview by Daniel DeRochers of, of, you know, obviously Lucas Kuntz is going to use this as a fundraising piece. So he's pushing his meme. He's the candidate, one of the two candidates running in the Democratic, one of the two top candidates running in the Democratic U.S. Senate primary. You'll recall that he was... Uh, had his uh, extra medium T-shirt handed to him by Trudy Bush Valentine in the Democratic primary last year. Also point out that pairs nicely with the story, Brad, to the idea that in Missouri, Missouri reporters and pro-choice people say that the abortion issue, this is the time, this is it, this is when it's going to happen for them. The USA Today did a piece which is syndicated, of course, all throughout the country on the top governor's race. There's, there are 11 governor's races in the United States. Missouri is not listed among the competitive races. So if you're a national reporter, and maybe you don't like pro-life people very much, maybe you don't like Republicans very much, and you got to write about competitive governor's races across the country, you, you can't in good conscience say that Missouri is a competitive race. So that piece focuses on North Carolina, New Hampshire, Vermont, North Dakota, races where the Democrat actually has a chance to win, unlike here in Missouri. So those are our top three, Brad. John, I'll be honest with you. You know, and I know that some people be upset when I said this. I'm so tired of this abortion thing. I, you know, mm -hmm. it's, and, and once again, like what's happened in Texas, the, you know, the Republicans in Texas, this is, you know, this is the Brad pendulum theory. You know what I mean? The pendulum swings both ways, okay? Ideally, I'm more of like the, I don't know, you know, Tracy would get mad at me because of the fact that she would call me a rhino because I don't even consider myself a Republican in name only, but I'm more, <laughs> I'm more of a libertarian, okay? But the point being, the pendulum swings. Way over here, the pendulum says, you know, you can have an abortion, you know, anybody can have an abortion. Then the Texas uh, legislature puts this thing into effect where you can't have any abortion. If the mother is going to die and they need to abort the fetus, they can't have the abortion. The mother's just going to have to die, you know, so you're going to lose two people. I don't get that. And and I think in everything, in almost every issue, there's middle ground um, that... 
you know, you just have to look at that and say, okay, fine, we can't just go, you know, one side or the other. And I think the thing that bothers me most is that to me, there are so many other issues that this country faces besides abortion. Now, to make matters more complicated, we didn't talk about this. Was it the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that this thing with with the uh, with uh, was I think it was a fertility clinic that the embryos are humans? Yeah, yeah. So that was you know I had no idea about that topic. And shout out to Austin Peterson who runs the Wake Up America show. Austin mentioned this on a show like months ago, and I remember thinking, wait a minute, that that is there really a debate about this? Yes. But, but you're right, Brad. Apparently, it's 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 quite a debate. And the Supreme Court, because one of the interesting things has always been, well, if you're going to have abortion, you allow it within so many weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 14 weeks, whatever it is. Now, with this Alabama, Alabama, I'll try to get it out, Alabama Supreme Court ruling, essentially they're saying at the moment of conception, or not even that, the embryos are, are essentially human beings. Well, and there's so to your earlier point, Brad, that you made a a minute or two ago, the idea of people that don't consider themselves very political would listen to something like this and say, wait a minute, why are we going after as a society? Why are we going after IVF clinics? I think I, I, I see your point about a lot of mainstream folks would say that that's a bridge too far. Well. I, I guess the, the the situation here. Remember, we had the the the, the Planned Parenthood in the Central West End, and they were always picketing. And then, right. very secretly, the pan uh, the Planned Parent I can't talk this morning. The Planned Parenthood company, whatever they are, organization, secretly built another clinic over in Fairview Heights. You know, they, remember the story? Right. Yeah. And nobody knew what it was. They said, "Ah, oh, it's going to be an outpatient clinic for some doctor." And they got a permit and all, but they built it from the ground up. And all of a sudden, one day they announced, "Hey, it's our new Planned Parenthood headquarters and, facility." And yeah. if you want if you can't get an abortion in Missouri anymore, just cross over the bridge and drive 12 yeah, miles. Yeah, it's abortion to, tourism. Right. Uh, uh, drive 12 miles to Fairview Heights. See, once again, the law of unintended consequences. When you get two people, two groups of people in this, uh, you know, two in this case, two, you know, people with their ideologies dug in where one's saying nope and the other one's saying yep. And that's when things you get all these side things that happen. And that's the perfect example of that. You know, I mean, it's to the point where like and, and now you have the people say, well, no, hold on a minute. Now you have to drive over to Fairview Heights. You know, we've gotten so soft. You know, I mean, well, that's true. I mean, I mean, if you can't exterminate an inconvenient child with an additional 15 minute drive, I mean, how committed are you to getting rid of that? Of that inconvenient child, Brad. John, listen to the way you put it. Jeez, Louise, I'm. Well, I mean, you know, get hate mail on that one. If you believe that that your soon-to-be child is a wild inconvenience, you know, you might have to change some diapers here and there, or shell out a few bucks. I mean, just why not just exterminate it, right, Brad? Now, I guess what bothers me is is the point that people got. I told you this story about. I know people that talk about. Well, I don't go outside the 270 circle. You know, (laughs) I'm going like I go what? First time I heard that, I go what? Oh no, I don't. Matter of fact, here's perfect example i did hear mark reardon on 97.1 talking about doing the fish fry from from uh cottleville and on several occasions he referred to the fact that it was so far out you had to fly out to cottleville okay where does he live high ridge oh, <laughs> wow. think about that for I a mean, minute boy now that's hilarious yes he lives in high ridge and he's complaining about driving to cottleville i mean first off 
once again, you jump on this wonderful highway called 364. You sure. drive, and now you get the new exit right there with the new the new Motherhead or whatever the new street name is. They put in that new exit there in 364 a couple of years back. And you get off, you make a right, and you go about a mile, and you're in. Well, actually, when you re- get off right at the uh, what exit 364, is that, I know that area pretty well. But what exit is it? It's, it's, it's I think it's called the the I think it's the Motherhead exit. I can't remember. Is it really called Motherhead? Yeah, there's a street out there called Motherhead Street. Uh, Motherhead Street. Mm. Yeah. And 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 it's either that or Gutermuth. It's you know, is, uh, isn't that crazy? Gutermuth. Yeah, I know where I, I think I know where you're talking. Right. About. It's it's the newest exit. It used to be to the point where when 364 there was no exit. There was a long span of 364. If you got off at Mid River Mall Drive, and you drove all the way to Highway K, which is about four or five miles. And so was, if you miss your exit, you were screwed. You had to go down to K and turn around. You had to go all the way down to K. Right. Exactly. So they put that one in and. And the crazy thing about it is, Shelly and I used to kid about it all the time, it's got this goofy, goofy roundabout thing where if you go, let's say you're going south on Goodermuth, you get off there at, at, at Motherhead Road, which is actually a real road, and you go south on Goodermuth, you have not one, not two, but three roundabouts you have to go through. There's two of them on the north side of 364, and there's one of them on the south side. And it's hey, like, you know what I always say, Brad? When it comes to roundabouts, why let Hall's Ferry Circle and Wildwood <laughs> right. have all the fun? Well, there's the... I don't know if you know this story or not. There's this... Well, fam- hold on one second, Brad, and we are up against time, and I know we have a guest coming on. Yes, there's a famous story of a uh, group in Chesterfield that wanted to have a roundabout put out in Chesterfield, and they put in a roundabout, and then once they put it in, they realized that the fire trucks could not get through the roundabout, <laughs> so they tore it out. Law so. of unintended consequences <laughs> right. via Brad Hildebrand. Right. Okay, we're going to take a break. 